Greetings, friends. Welcome to Walking in His Word, the podcast where we embark on short, faith-filled journeys through the scriptures in episodes that are both concise and impactful. Each week, we take an eight to 10 minute purposeful stroll through the pages of God's Word, offering insights, wisdom, and inspiration to enhance our day. So join us as we explore each topic, uncovering the treasures hidden within the scriptures and learning how they can be applied to our lives. So let's take this brief but powerful journey of walking in His Word together. In today's episode, we're going to see the conclusion of a three-part series of parables dealing with God's attitude towards the lost. As we've mentioned in previous episodes, these are Jesus responding to charges against him by the scribes and Pharisees in Luke chapter 15. Their accusation was that Jesus had the audacity to receive sinners and eat with them. Jesus responded with the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and now finally the parable of the prodigal son. And these deal with the fathers seeking love for those who are lost. We know the lost sheep dealt with those who are lost out of ignorance. The lost coin dealt with those are lost out of neglect. But this parable, the parable of the prodigal son, is a different thing altogether. This parable is commonly called, again, the prodigal son. Prodigal means wasteful. It's also rightfully called the parable of the loving father because we're going to see something completely different in this parable about dealing with the lost. This parable reveals more about the love of the father than of the sinfulness of the younger son. In this parable, we see the father's patience. We see the father's compassion. We see his unwavering love for both of his sons. He's also quick to forgive and celebrate when his son returns. And this is indeed the heart of our heavenly father. This parable reveals much about the heart of the elder son who whose purpose in this parable is to rebuke those unwilling to reach out and receive the lost who repent. So you can find this parable in Luke 15, 11 through 32. And let's look at this together. We'll start off by reading just verses 11 through 13. It says, there was a man who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided it, his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. Many people can be quite impatient, can't they? This young man wanted to be free from restraints. He just wanted to get what was his and move on with his life. Rather than waiting until the appropriate time to receive his inheritance, he chose to have it all now. And his father granted his request, even though he likely knew that it was not going to end well. And sometimes people will not be reasoned with. And the only option is to allow them to have their way so that they can reap the results. And as we see with this young man, he reaps some pretty terrible results. The young man travels to a far country, wastes his entire inheritance on reckless living. Soon after, we know that a famine comes to the land and he has no money, and he ends up taking a job feeding pigs. His situation is so desperate that he was eating the same food that the pigs were eating because no one would give him anything. But here's the key thought to the parable that we find in verses 17 through 19. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but here I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. This demonstrates the humility of someone who is truly repentant. He's even rehearsing what he's going to say in his mind so that he gets it all straight. He realizes that perhaps maybe he didn't have it as bad as he thought. In fact, he remembers that he had it quite good and the servants, even in his father's house, had it quite good. They were living better than he was at the moment. He is hungry, he's humiliated, homeless, and now he's homesick. He has come to the end of his riotous ways and just wants to go home. 
and he resolves within himself to return and make things right. There are many times that there are people in life who will not be reasoned with, and they are determined to go their own way and go and sin. This is different than the lost sheep who was lost out of his own ignorance. This is different than the lost coin that was lost out of neglect. This young man from this story purposely chose to live a life of wickedness despite knowing better. The differences in behavior between the father in this story, the shepherd, and the woman in the other two parables is quite telling. The shepherd went out to search for his lost sheep. The woman turned her house upside down until she found her coin. But here the father waited for the son to return. The young man had to come to the decision to return on his own. He had to come to the end of himself. This is where true repentance is found. He follows a pattern that we see many times throughout scripture, and that is the pattern of repentance. And I want to share that with you here. First, he confessed his sin. This is the first step in repentance. We have to admit that we are sinners. First John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Step two is he forsook his sin. He left his riotous living and resolved within himself to turn home and forsake his past life. It is not enough just to acknowledge our sin, but we must also forsake that sin and not do it again. Proverbs 28:13. whoever conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Number three is he was truly humble and he had no expectations of anything. He did not return home with a list of demands He was willing to come back and even live as a servant in his father's house. And then finally, he was willing to accept whatever judgment the father deemed. Again, he said, treat me as you will. No conditions, no demands. He was willing to accept the penalty for his sins. It took a lot for this young man to get to this point. But that is often what it takes to bring about true repentance. He had purposed in his heart to return home, and he gets up and starts that long journey to his father. And then we read Luke 15, 20. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great ways off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. As the younger brother was a great way off, the father sees him and runs to him. He knows his son was lost and he's now returned home. He's clearly been watching for him. This is where some people misapply this parable. Just because you leave someone on their own and in their own sin does not mean you stop loving and praying for them. You're not giving up. In fact, you're giving them to God. You're trusting him rather than your own means. I'm sure the father walked to the fields daily, praying and patiently waiting for his son to return. And when he saw him, he couldn't help it. He ran out and hugged him and kissed him. This is the father's heart. This is our father's heart in heaven over those who return to him. He cannot wait for them to return. Now, it's important to know the younger son follows through with what he had previously planned. He confessed his sin to his father, and he willingly accepted whatever penalty was given. And let's read that. We'll see it in verses 21 through 24 of Luke 15. He said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to call be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put on the ring on his hand and the shoes on his feet, and bring here the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. They began to be merry. Before he could even finish his planned speech, the father interrupts and throws a party for his son who was dead and is now alive. This shows the great compassion and love that he had for his son. He gives him the best robes, kills the fatted calf, which would imply that he is reinstating him as his son. What a tremendous act of forgiveness. Unfortunately, the older brother did not respond the same way, did he? He was angry with his brother for getting all of this attention. And he refused to go in and join the celebration. Verses 28 through 30. And he would not go in 
Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Look at these many years I've served you, and I've never transgressed at any time your commandment. Yet you never gave me a party, you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son comes, who had devoured his living with harlots, you killed for him the fatted calf. See, the father knew that there was an issue to deal with, even in his oldest son's life. And I love how the father went looking for him and asked him what was troubling him. See, the father is so wise. He knew exactly how to handle each son, and each son he handles differently to give them the exact response that they needed. The son was upset because he had lived a sin-free life and served his father faithfully, and yet he got no party. Now his brother, who has wasted his life, returns and he gets this huge celebration. Some people would empathize with the older brother, and in fact, I've witnessed this behavior firsthand on several occasions. But this father demonstrates the love of the, the heavenly father. His response is very telling. He tells his son, you are ever with me and all that I have is yours. It was good that I should make merry and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. The father's response is so tender and caring. He acknowledges his son's faithfulness. He says, you're always with me. He reminds his son that everything he has will be his, and that his brother, even though he has returned, has wasted his inheritance. He also reminds his son that it would be proper to celebrate the prodigal's return because he is restored. But the consequences for his righteous living still exist, right? He still lost his inheritance. He still is going to live in his father's house, but he's not going to get the same inheritance that the older brother will receive. But the major point, the main point here is that he was dead in sin and he is now alive. And that is worthy of a celebration. The prodigal son, along with the two previous parables, was told by Jesus to teach these important lessons to the Pharisees and scribes and also to us. While these parables were directed to the Pharisees and the scribes, imagine how it comforted the hearts of the tax collectors and the sinners who were also sitting there. They had drawn near to Jesus to hear him. All the way back in verse 1 of Luke 15, they wanted to hear Jesus teach. And though they were considered unacceptable by the religious elite, they learned that they could be accepted by God. What a tremendous encounter as Jesus uses his rebuking of the scribes and Pharisees to show the tax collectors and sinners that they are accepted by God. God loves them. God wants them in his kingdom. God was seeking for them and would lovingly receive them if they turned to him. So as we close this episode today, what is our attitude towards the lost? Do we seek them out like the sheep or the coin? Perhaps we have a prodigal or know of one. Perhaps we notice a little bit of older sibling in our, in our own hearts. I trust this encourages us all to pray to God for the heart of the Father, one who is patient, one who is compassionate, and eager to forgive and restore with a strong affirmation of love. If by chance you're listening to this and you don't know the love of the Father, maybe you once did but have been living your own way, I encourage you, cry out to Him today and know that he is anxiously awaiting your return. May God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us on this enlightening journey through the parables of Jesus on the Walking in His Word podcast. We hope you found inspiration, wisdom, and a deeper connection to the teachings of our Savior. If these stories have touched your heart and stirred your soul, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way, you won't miss a single parable as we continue on our journey. We're here to spread the teachings of Jesus, and you can help. Share this podcast with your loved ones, your friends, and even your neighbors. Let's build a community that walks together in His Word. Your thoughts 
and questions are a valuable part of our discussion. So please reach out to us through our website or connect on social media. We're at Walking in His Word Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. As we navigate the parables, remember these timeless stories offer guidance and grace, even in the midst of life's challenges. Keep walking in His Word, and may His light shine upon your path. Until our next parable, may your journey be blessed.